Episode 137, when your husband is critical of your looks or weight. Welcome to How to Glow, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm certified coach Kayla Levin, and I help married Jewish women go from surviving and overwhelmed to thriving and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hello, my friends. I have another listener question this week. So I'm very excited to get into this. I think even if this isn't a situation for you, we, I've got a lot of tools that I want to share with you in the course of this conversation. So the listener is going to be writing in talking about some comments her husband has made about the way she looks and what she's eating. And we're going to get to that in a second. Um, but again, I just want to say, even if that's not, you know, your situation, you're not dealing with that. Um, definitely give this episode a listen, because I think you're going to for sure get something out of it that you can use this week. But first, I just want to celebrate because last night we had our final Q&A call in the How to Glow membership program. So if you don't know about this, guys, it is so awesome. I am having the best time. Um, this is the first time I've offered such a low entry point opportunity for coaching. So I have a lot of people in there who are new to coaching. And I also have people who've been working with me for years and are experienced. And it's just amazing to have everybody together. And we have these live calls several times a month where people can come on and they can get coached. And what's so inspiring to me is to see a group of women who are saying, I'm really not interested in fostering my own resentment or becoming a martyr or just justifying my own situation and why I have a right to be upset, right? Which sometimes we all need to do. Sometimes we're stuck there. That's okay. But this is a group of women who are like, no, I actually want to know what I can do about this. I want to know what is in my control. I want to know what I'm creating in this situation. And it's so liberating. It's amazing because people always say to me, it feels like so much work when you start with thought work, because you're so used to kind of being in that young brain of like, I want to throw a tantrum right now. And then you realize that like, that's actually making your whole life a whole lot worse. And maybe if you go with the other thought of like, this might be something that I can manage, or maybe there's something I could do about this. It feels like work, but actually your life gets so much easier. Right. I was just expressing this to my husband the other day. It was like, I just, it, to me, it's like a person who's like a runner, who just isn't allowed to exercise for a month is like me going without coaching, right? It's like, I just, I can't tell you the value of coaching. It's everywhere in my life. It's in the way that I eat. It's in the way that I parent. It's in how I show up in my marriage all over the place. So I'm just so thrilled to be doing this program, to have these super, super motivated and inspired women inside. Um, and I'm really excited to be launching for February because we've got some new stuff in the program that's super exciting. So if you haven't checked it out yet, kaylalevin.com forward slash coaching. And if you're listening to this episode, the day that it comes out, Sunday or Monday, the day after also, registration will be open for February, which means you have a chance to get in and join us for next month, which you should for sure be doing because it is such a party in there and it's such an inspiring place to be. And in case you haven't heard me say it yet, the program is designed to be overwhelm proof. 
I will not be giving you a huge vat of classes that you'd have to go through. And no, none of us need that. <laughs> we don't need more things to add to our schedule. So it's super streamlined. It's super clear what you need to do. We have a members only podcast now. So you can listen to the coaching recordings on the go. If you're not able to come, we have written coaching. You can get your questions answered. Even if you're not able to make it to the calls or you don't want to come on the call, it's super private. You can get those questions answered and you can also see other people's coaching. So there's just so much. I'm just like, I, I spent the whole morning working on just improving the program and adding things to the program and, and just making it come together. And I'm just so thrilled with the way that it's going and with the people who are in it. So, and I'm getting like amazing feedback from them. So they're thrilled too. So we're just all having a party over there, which is great. Okay. So again, if you are not on the wait list yet, kayla11.com forward slash coaching. If you're on the wait list, make sure you get that in before we close the doors for February. So we can welcome you into our community. All right. Here's the question that was sent in to me. So she wrote, what if your husband doesn't like to see you eat fatty foods, tries to redirect your cravings for something healthier, says some clothing makes your stomach stick out. How would one go about that? I obviously would love to make him happy, but it seems like he's nervous. I will get too big. To me, it's super insulting and makes me feel bad about myself. I would so appreciate any tips you could give. Okay, my friends, if you need to take a deep breath, please do so. Um, for many women, even hearing the question is triggering, right? If you have had to deal with body issues, if you've lived in any English speaking country ever in your entire life, probably <laughs> if you've been exposed to photoshopped models, um, you know, any of these things, it, it, it's so easy to go into like almost a fight or flight. It's so easy to go into like attack mode. Like, how could he say that? Right. So I know that's what, like, if there's a part of you that wants me to just rip on this husband right now, take a breath, let's get regulated. Right. <laughs> because we're not trying to destroy any relationships here right? And we're not trying to destroy this husband. So it's just really valuable to notice if like stuff comes up for you, right? Based on someone's question who we don't even know, like, whoa, what was that? I love to like use my triggers as an opportunity to learn more about myself. I love to sort of say that. So, okay. Just wanted to start with that kind of process for everybody. First of all, I'm really glad that this came in because there's one thing we don't often talk about on this podcast, which we're, we're going to address a bit, although it's not necessarily the main thrust of this episode. But one thing we don't talk about a lot is how to communicate what are things that you're willing to tolerate in your relationship and what things you are not. So I'm going to circle back, but again, this is not like the main point, but I think it's something we haven't discussed so much. Ideally, what I want you to do, and if you question our person who wrote this in are also feeling super flustered and triggered and right. There's a lot of emotions. You said it makes you feel insulted and also bad about yourself. So it's like a lot that's coming up for you based on what we want to just call like, okay, words came out of his mouth and this got me triggered. Right now, imagine if we were to just replace, um, weight and all the value that our society puts on weight and appearance, right. With money. Okay. Let's say that, that girls from the time that they were little, were told that they had to be rich and they had to grow up and have wealth. And if they didn't, weren't born with wealth, that's pretty embarrassing, but maybe they could get it somehow. They could go to someone and find some wealth. Right. So just like to kind of take it into a different place in your brain, because what we've done is we've 
we've taken weight and appearance and we've pretended like that makes somebody better or worse, right? We've like conflated value and appearance. This is the problem. People do this with money also, right? So I'm just going to move it because I think money is actually less of a trigger for most people. So what I want you to do is sort of imagine like, so these words came out of his mouth and I got like, someone said to me, I can't believe you don't have more money than that right? What came up for me is based on the level of agreement that I have, even if it's not my, my upper brain intellectually, like, oh, I really do think that people are more valuable when they have money. There's some part of me that's agreeing. It's probably not a part of me that I put there intentionally. It's probably a part of me that got socialized or conditioned from my surroundings or whatever, or people said things to me growing up and I interpreted them in a certain way. Right. But the level to which we respond with feeling bad about ourselves when someone says something is the level to which we agree. There's some part of us that agrees. And that's what I mean by saying, I love to learn about myself with my own triggers, right? If somebody were to come in and I think I've given this example before, but someone were to come in and insult my parenting. So that would be like raw for me, right? Because I'm like, oh my gosh, like my first reaction would probably be, I don't know. I really want to be a good mom. And you know what? Sometimes I mess up and sometimes I don't get enough sleep and then I'm short with my kids and it's not nice. And it's like, not how I want to be. But then what I like to do for myself is just be like, oh yeah, right. I forgot. I'm a human mom. <laughs> I'm not like an angel mom who's perfect. I'm a human mom who makes mistakes and I love me anyway. And my kids love me anyway. And we're going to be fine. It's actually fine for my kids to have a human mother. Okay. So we're going to kind of go through a process similar to that. So where I want you to start is with yourself, right. And just noticing what's coming up for me, just identifying it. We're not going to clean it all up in this podcast, but just noticing what's coming up for you, allowing there's some fear in you about how you look maybe, or how healthy you are, right. It's probably mixed in with some value, very possibly. And just kind of like moving that to the side. Okay. And the way I want you to approach what your husband is saying is to hear, like, is there a fear behind what he's saying? Okay. So he's saying words, like, I don't think you should eat those French fries. I think you should have an apple. Let's say that that's what he says. Okay. It just sounds a little bit fear-based the way that it sounds like, it sounds like he's like worried about something. And I would, I would want to get curious, like, what is it exactly he's worried about? Let's be really clear. Just as we women have been socialized to believe that skinny and beautiful is a value, that that somehow makes you better, which it doesn't, just in case anyone needs to be reminded, men have been growing up in the same society. Okay, so were the messages directed to them quite as, as clearly and as sort of targetedly? I don't think that's a word, but was, were the messages targeted to the men? No, not to the same level they were targeted to the women. But unless somebody helped your husband understand intellectually and like undo all of that work that was billions and billions of marketing dollars have gone into creating an ideal of what's beautiful. That's not humanly possible. He's been socialized by that too. And I think this is something that's so easy to forget. We feel like we're the victims. I hear like a lot, you know, for, for women, I mean, it's so easy to feel like we're the victims of all of this marketing and all of the socialization and men should all be out there and they should just magically know better. They should see the whole thing and they should be the ones standing up for us and, 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 and thinking otherwise. And I think what's just a, a bit more of a practical and useful perspective is we've all been socialized. We all got confused, right? And we kind of might need to help each other out. He might need to do the same work that many women have needed to do to break through all the stereotypes and unrealistic and unhealthy approaches to weight and to appearance. 
Now, the other piece of this is that you, you mentioned like, um, he craving, switching a craving to something healthier. And I think this is another thing that's important to address, which is that for many people, there's a, a again, a, like a confusion between health and looks, or basically that it's all bucketed into one place. Right. So, you know, the idea that there's one body type that is a healthy body type versus another body type that's not healthy is truly not necessarily, not necessarily the case, right? There's plenty of people who are horribly unwell and happen to be thin, right? And there's people who are much healthier than them and have, you know, larger bodies. And so it's very easy to get confused. And again, all of the marketing and all those things, that's why we ended up where we are. So I, again, going back to curiosity, you have to do your own work first to be able to get to curiosity, but if you're able to get to curiosity, which I totally think you can do, is he worried about your health? Is he worried about your weight or both? Right? Like just noticing like, okay, he's got some worry, which like was kind of implanted in him the same way it got implanted in me. And now he's nervous about it. Or maybe I also look in the mirror and worry about my health or my weight or both. Right? Where's this coming from? If you're able to manage an exploratory conversation, which means a conversation where neither party is trying to convince the other, you're just focusing on understanding and like any agenda is left for another time. Okay. So that's what I mean by an exploratory conversation. I'm just exploring where you're coming from. I'm not going to try to convince you. I'm not going to try and win. We're not getting to any resolution right now. And just understanding is the only focus. Then you could use that conversation to understand what does he think about that kind of communication? Where is it coming from? Again, is it coming from a fear? Is this a way that he wants to see communication both ways? Like, would he like you also to let him know if he's eating something unhealthy and, and give him an extra push to eat something healthier. Different couples get to decide what works for them. And I've seen some, especially people who come from, I have a family members from Eastern cultures. Yeah. They're really different when it comes to weight. They'll just straight up tell you, they will let you know that looks like 10 pounds you put on <laughs> just really different. I can't say that's true for all Eastern cultures, but for sure was with this particular family member. And there wasn't, emotional drama behind it because there wasn't all of that baggage, right? It was just like, I'm commenting on you, like you got a haircut. So all that to say that each couple really gets to decide for themselves. And you might decide this is just too upsetting for me based on where I come from and all of my own baggage and all the work I've had to do, but you get to decide. Maybe you want to have a conversation. You want to have the kind of relationship with each other where you push each other to be healthier. Maybe you want to have the kind of relationship. And again, I've seen this work beautifully where you guys are both focused on eating super healthy foods and you're in it together. My husband and I did the whole 30 together and it was life-changing. We love doing that. Right. And so again, unpacking all of the fear and the baggage and whatever around weight, you can have that conversation of like, is this what we're looking for? Like, how do we want to talk about food? How we want to talk about food when, when the other person's doing it, do you want me to notice what's going on with your weight and your body? Right. Or is this something that we kind of need to keep to the side because we're sensitive about it? And the, I want to also add to the, the conversation, there's culture, there's gender, and there's personality. Okay. So meaning boys and boys and girls got different messages generally, different cultures got different message messages generally, and different personalities. Of course, you can also say family history and all that, but different personalities just internalized it differently. Right. So, so based on, you know, who he is and who you are, you get to kind of figure out what's the culture of communication around health and weight that you want to have. Okay. 
So once you've done these different things, right? So sort of noticing the trigger, owning the trigger, even though the words came out of his mouth, the emotional response came from something about me, something that's inside of me that I can explore, right? Noticing kind of having that exploratory conversation. What's the culture that we want to have in our relationship about these conversations, um, making sure that you've unpacked your own stuff about weight and health and all of that, getting clear. What's his concern? What are you worried about here? Then you might decide after you've done all that work that you would like to communicate with him that you don't want him to talk about your weight. That's possible. Okay. I would say this is especially relevant if you've had uh, an eating disorder or struggled with disordered eating in any way that depending on where you are in your work, and I'm, I'm not a therapist, I'm not an eating disorder expert, but in this type of thing where it's super sensitive, right? If depending on where you are in your work, if it's still pretty fresh, this might just be something that has to be off the table for you. This cannot be discussed. Just like if somebody was, let's say, just stop drinking, right? After having an issue with drinking, they might say, I can't be around people who are drinking. Not that having a glass of wine is a problem, but I can't be around it. It's not healthy for me. And I need to create that boundary for my, like out of love for myself. Okay. So if you have a lot of baggage and it's been really hard for you and it's something that you really struggle with, it's possible you're going to decide. And I think it's important for all of us to know that in, in many different places, right? Something might be very hard for us and maybe we want to do the work and work on it. And the best bid for, you want to know if it's coming as a bid for the relationship. Am I sharing this information with him to try and control him and protect myself emotionally? Or am I sharing this information because our marriage will be so much better when he understands, like he needs this information about me. And when we create this boundary, even if it's a little hard and it takes us some time to get used to when it's kind of awkward at first, once we've created this boundary, now we're going to be able to achieve a new level in our closeness. Okay. I know I'm going to get a million emails now. <laughs> Here's my situation. Is this a boundary issue? <laughs> Guys, get into how to glow and we'll coach on it. Okay. I want to, I want to get on a call with you. All right. So number one, sharing information. Sometimes our marriage just needs information before we have to set up boundaries or have rules or have any, it's just information. He might literally not know what this is like for you. And I don't care if he has sisters because his sisters might have a very different relationship with weight and food. Okay. Um, so share information. Number two is if you need to, like maybe the information's enough and he's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Number two, set a boundary. So you can decide that this or any conversation really, um, depending on what you, what you need, what's best for you is simply not an available conversation, right? This isn't a conversation I'll be having. And any conversation that goes into this topic, you will end lovingly and firmly. This sometimes comes up with parents who are critical of spouses, right? So if I'm talking to my, well, I'm, not, I'm not the example, but if someone's talking to her mother and her mother starts saying things that she thinks that the, the, the daughter's husband should be doing differently, so we lovingly and firmly say, I'm so sorry. This isn't a conversation I'm able to have with you. Do you want to discuss something else or are we done? I love you so much, right? Loving and firm. Most people will not need this option. I really want to emphasize this. Most of the time when we do our own work, we don't need other people to behave. We're not getting triggered by everything right? We don't need other people to be different so we can feel better. It's very hard to know that when your equilibrium feels very off and you're very dysregulated and you're constantly getting triggered. 
but most people don't really need to get to the point of saying, sorry, this is a no-go. But I think the parent criticizing the, the spouse is a good example, right? If it's creating toxicity in the marriage, if it's creating like you, you're starting to question your husband and all that, then sometimes that's required and you might want to speak to a rev or you might not need to. I've definitely seen that be recommended and be very valuable for many people. And then another place to consider before putting down a boundary would be if you want to speak to a mentor or a third party who knows you both, right? I think one of the things that's, am I going to go there? I'm going to go there. Okay. One of the things that's happening with social media that I, I, I feel, here's my opinion, but you're listening to my podcast, so I get to share it, is that I feel like we're just kind of like sharing triggers. Like this person has a trigger over weight. And so then this person's like, here's why we should all be triggered about weight. And then just the whole concept of weight gets very triggering, even for people who didn't necessarily feel triggered about it. And that's very different than having empathy and understanding for those who are triggered, right? Um, understanding, oh, this person, I understand why this is such a sensitive topic for her. Let me be more careful with the way that I speak. Let me consider that. It's very different than now needing to go on a personal campaign to change the world because nobody should speak that way. And that's totally unacceptable. Okay. And I think that anytime we're having a conversation about boundaries, we need to really make sure that we're clear also about like, where did this trigger come from? Is this coming from where I'm spending my time if I'm on social media? Is it coming from my social group? Is it coming from some books that I've been reading? Or is this my personal thing that I actually have experienced and need to work through, right? Um, because if it's coming from the other stuff, then the solution isn't necessarily to work through all your own drama. The solution might be to decide, like, is this a healthy use of my mental space to be showing myself these things to get upset about? Okay. Um, hopefully some of you haven't experienced that. I'm, I know a lot of you haven't experienced, uh, social media. So, <laughs> so for you guys, that's enjoy. Um, but you know, I think that this is very much becoming the culture, right? And so we just want to be careful that we're not, um, adopting triggers that aren't ours. We're not adopting sensitivities that aren't actually ours. And then getting upset with our husband because like, you, a man can't talk to a woman about weight, Right. That, that might not actually be true for me. That might just be kind of a narrative that I've accepted based on the conversations that I've been listening to, quote unquote, reading, whatever, watching. Um, and so, yeah. So I just want to give you that one last piece, right? Because the truth is boundaries are super, super valuable and they can be done in such a loving way that, you know, it can be extremely respectful. It doesn't require you to be prickly. It doesn't require you to be mean. And at the same time, if you're constantly setting up boundaries, then I think there's some work to do that could make you much happier and feel much, much more balanced. Um, okay. All right, my friends. So that is where I'm going to leave you this week. Next week, this, I cannot believe, I don't think we've done this episode before. I couldn't believe it because I had like every coaching client came to me over the last couple of weeks, not every client, but a lot of clients had sick husbands. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, have I not done an episode on your husband is sick? So I don't think I have, which I can't believe because I coach on that constantly and talk about triggers. <laughs> Husbands being sick is very difficult for most women. So we'll be talking about that next week. And again, if you are not inside our program, How to Glow, I want to encourage you, if you have made it before the end of January, you can still join us. Um, and you are still getting founder pricing. Pricing is going to go up, but right now, as long as you keep your membership um, now you get to keep the membership at the price of a founding member, which is super awesome. And 
if you are getting this in February already and you missed that deadline, just get on the wait list and I'll make sure that you get an email that the doors are open and that you can come and join us. And I can't wait to coach you inside the program. Have an amazing week. Hope your husband stay healthy. If not, just know I got you covered next week (laughs) with the episode. All right. Be well, my friends. Bye-bye. Thank you.